as examples of female leaders that I didn't necessarily have in the earliest stages when I was coming up in my career. My name is Merrill Dubrow, CEO of Mark Research. I'm a 35-year veteran of the research and insights community and the host of our podcast, On The Mark. On The Mark is focusing on executives and thought leaders in the world, sharing their insights, strategies, and personal experiences. I promise this podcast will be filled with tough, pointed questions with real, insightful, and emotional answers. Today's guest is Dinah Bowen. Managing Director of the Tech and Retail Practice at Escalant. Dinah, welcome to the On The Mark podcast. Thank you, Meryl. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Listen, a lot going on in the world. Let's just get right into it. But let's start with this for the listeners. Let's start with your current job and your responsibilities, if you could. Yes. My current job at Escalant is Managing Director of the Tech, Telco, and consumer retail group. And the exciting thing about that is I get to work with a lot of very smart people that are both on the sales client management side, as well as operations. And it's a new role for me. And I am learning new things every day from this very smart team. So by managing director, because some of the listeners may not know what that is. Is that different than a president and a CEO? Do you have P&L responsibility for your tech and retail practice? I do. I have P&L responsibility and it's my job to grow that P&L and, and manage that P&L to you know, profitability. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about the history of your 20 or so years, maybe even more in the insights community, just to level set a little because you've had some really, really cool um, jobs and experiences. Yes, absolutely. So I I started out as a technology consultant in a time where there weren't a lot of women in tech, and I was the only female in a technology practice. And I used that particular role to sort of catapult into the market research industry, joined a not even known company at the time called Market Tools, which had a product called Zoomerang. That was one of the first original online survey platforms. So I've been doing DIY since the beginning of my career and was at that company for 12 years. Two kind of highlights there. One is I moved to Minneapolis from San Francisco and managed the General Mills business and grew that business to over $13 million. And that was, you know, learning right on the job. I learned everything from, you know, I knew the tech side of things, which is why I was there, but I learned all of the CPG methodologies. Online sample was new, so was at the beginning of that and growing that in partnership with General Mills and the team at Market Tools. And then moved back to California and worked in sample operations, ran the Zoomerang sample sales team, and also intrapreneured TrueSample with a team of people at Market Tools, which for those who don't know TrueSample, it's a data quality business that was all about making sure that online respondents are real unique and engaged. And then of course, we sold that business to SurveyMonkey in 2012. So that was my first 12 years in market research and then went on to work at more startups. At that point, I'd had the startup addiction and was ready to look around. And you know, in the 12 years I was at Market Tools, a lot had changed. And so worked at Ace Metrics for a little while, learning about mobile technology. And that's really what got me excited about mobile and motivated me to start UbiMobile, 
which was a company that was all about mobile technology, mobile apps to reach respondents. And I would summarize it as Tinder for market research surveys. So our survey platform allowed you to swipe right and swipe left. But instead of maybe picking somebody that you wanted to date, you were picking a concept or a new product that you uh, might want to buy. That's hysterical. So you sold not one, but two companies in your career, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I was on the executive team at Market Tools. So absolutely went through the sale of that company. You know, I just learned a ton. I learned a ton about um, stock options. I learned a ton about growing a business and getting a startup from, you know, early stage all the way up through a sale. Actually, I would say even before I was at Market Tools, I was at a startup tech consulting firm and that company IPO'd. So my first role out of college really was experiencing an IPO at a tech company and then moving to my next company, which then you know, was a longer build, but ultimately had an outcome of an acquisition. True Sample, of course, spun off from SurveyMonkey and so was there for a period of time after Market Tools. And then started UB Mobile from scratch. So that was really the first one where I was the co-founder. There was a period of time where I was there with a small team, brought in my business partner, um, Craig Stevens, to be the CEO. And that's when Craig and I embarked on a learning journey of actually going out and fundraising and you know going out and bringing in capital to grow a business and be able to really build and develop the technology of the apps that were core to our solution. I love the way you phrase that, a learning journey. So if I said to you, Dinah, you could only give me one learning, the biggest learning for you on that learning journey at you know, UB Mobile for five and a half years, what would you say to me? I would say that in general, as a person and people who know me that may be listening to this podcast know that I have a propensity to take action. And I also always think things shouldn't take as long as they do. So it's a combination of a propensity for action and in being really impatient. And so, you know, my key learning is things always, even in the best case scenario, things always take longer than you think they will. And, you know, planning time management is really important when you're managing funding from investors and making sure that you've got the funding to get you all the way through building the business and ultimately to profitability. So I think for my core learning, it's about maybe not being as aggressive and a little bit more modest or realistic or pragmatic about how long it actually takes to to build things. But that's probably a trait of all entrepreneurs, right? That were just not realistic. I mean, I would consider myself in that vein and that we look at things, we want things a lot quicker than they can be done. And sometimes we are surprised and we actually exceed those expectations. But isn't that really a I don't know, a quality of an entrepreneur? I think it is. You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, shoot for the stars and you'll reach the moon, right? So you have to aim high. You have to be bold and confident. And, you know, you may not reach the stars, but you will reach the moon. And so in doing so, you achieve more than maybe what was possible before, right? And so that part is always exciting to me. And it's about going after the goal, right? And getting either achieving it or surpassing it or getting as close as you can. So it's it's interesting because this podcast, you don't know this because we don't advertise this, but we, we give people do-overs. We give people the opportunities to change the past. 
and we're giving you a do-over. So I'm going to let you zig when you zagged. Make a decision a little bit different than you did somewhere along your career, Dinah. Where would it be and what would it be? I would have started my own company sooner in my career. And everything else, I wouldn't do over. There are things that didn't go well. There are things that stressed me out. There were sleepless nights. But all of that was necessary for the learning to get to where I am now. So from that standpoint, I'm not somebody that lives with regrets. But I do think that I had the skills earlier than maybe I believed I did. And, you know, I think particularly you see this with with women in business where you think, oh, I, you know, I have to master this. I don't have the skills yet. I need this next step and this next step. Well, the reality is, is that you're figuring it all out along the way. And I sometimes see um, counterparts of mine that are that are men that are like, you know what, I'll figure it out. Like they're not so worried about it. And so I would say if I had a do-over, it would be to to start something earlier in my career on on my own. That's great. So, you, you know, you talk about um, sleepless nights and during COVID, and I know I, I won't even say COVID's over. I don't even think we're in the middle of it yet. I think we still have a long way to go, unfortunately. But so there we are. And COVID kind of is this thing that we kind of saw on the news in February, didn't know what, a, what it was exactly, most of us. And then March comes, bam, and it, it really, what I call, shock the economy and the insights world. And then bam, you know, three weeks or a month later, one of those sleepless nights and, and you actually lost your job during COVID. And I know that's probably an emotional thing, but the reason I'd like to talk about it is because I'm sure a number of the listeners that may have happened to them. And, and I'd like to know a little bit about that experience and how you were able to overcome that and, and the emotion behind it. Yeah. I mean, I'm more than happy to talk about it because I think that more than anything in in many aspects of the world we live in right now, it's important that people know they're not alone. If people are going through hard times and even the best of us, and I'll put myself in the category of the best of us, all of us who work hard, who are entrepreneurs that take risks, things happen, right? And working at a startup company can be risky, right? It's it's a risk to begin with. You're building a company. And you know, as I said earlier, you never really have as much time or as much money as you wish you had. Um, in the case of Servada, I think it's going to be a highly successful company. I had a great ride there. I had a fantastic and amazing team. So again, no regrets at all. I would do the same thing over again. But Servada is really focused on ad measurement and building technology. And we were in the middle of pivoting. And to that end, you know, a lot of folks that were on the market research business, including myself, were impacted by COVID. You know, the business had to make tough decisions about, you know, how long this would last. Nobody knows, right? And so I think the business did the right thing. For me, unfortunately, it meant that, you know, I was no longer at Servada. And so at that point, I said, okay, you know, I'm going to help as many people on my team try to get placed in new roles. And I would say that I've seen not just some people on, on my team that were impacted, but even clients of mine that were impacted. And so I started helping them, right? And, you know, updated my resume and started thinking about uh, what the future looks like. And for me... I also think that things happen for a reason and things happen because you need to 
move on to whatever your next thing is. And for me, you know, that, that is escalant. And so I look back and I'm, I had a great time at Servada, but I'm grateful for where I am today. And that event needed to happen for me to get to where I am now. And that's a, that's an amazing perspective, right? I mean, that's a really nice trait that you stay so positive when something either doesn't go your way, whacks you in the face. Has that, have you always been like that? Well, I mean, I have self-care coping mechanisms, right? And, and <laughs> massages and mani-pedis aren't happening in California. So, you know, for me, it means doing yoga and exercising and and getting a lot of sleep. And, you know, I will say I've had a lot of COVID dreams. There's probably a whole podcast you could do, Meryl, on all of the COVID dreams people are having. But I would say that, you know, I, I didn't watch the news. I mean, some of the people, again, listening may have talked to me during that time. And I, there were times where I really didn't know what was going on because I just couldn't handle CNN anymore. And I just could, the news was just, you know, and I just realized, okay, I'm going to watch the news once a week or listen to a podcast or read, read the news. But, you know, you have to sort of recognize the things that bring you down and cut them out so that you can stay up for yourself, for your family, for other people who need your support and help. And, you know, I really think my mission is to serve others. And my mission is that across the industry, whether it's helping people at Servada, whether it's helping the wire network, whether it's helping my team at Escalant. But, you know, I'm, I've recognized that I'm here to serve and in many capacities. And, and sometimes it's a sales capacity for my clients. Other times it's a leadership capacity for my team. And that transcends the company I work for. And so I need to take care of myself. And, and so self-care has been an important part of, of getting through what I call the darkest days of COVID, which was sort of March and April. And then I will say, I also went on to Hawaiian Airlines and booked tickets to go to Hawaii because they were a third of the cost. And that also made me feel better. So, nice. <laughs> so yeah. I haven't been there yet, but it's coming up. I have that to look forward to, right? Well, I love how you say here to serve. And I know you help so many people in this great industry that we work in. And I know you mentioned WIRE. So let's talk about that because, I mean, it wasn't too long ago that you're on the WIRE board, which is congratulations. It's a fantastic organization. Why don't you talk a little bit about why that is so important to you be on that board and give something back? Well, I, I want to share a story with you that I think is kind of fun. And it's the example of when one door closes, another door opens, right? So literally the day that I got laid off, um, within 20 minutes, I happened to have a call scheduled with Kristen Luck, who of course is the founder of Wire. You know, I figured, oh, we were just catching up on you know, WireXec and some of the other things that we work on and plan together. She says to me, she calls and she says, oh, I have some good news. And I said, great, I really need some good news right now. And she said, hey, <laughs> you were just voted onto the wire board. And I was like, that's fantastic. You know, and, and it's the world telling you things are going to be okay, right? It's the universe telling you that things are going to be okay. Literally, she had no idea that I had just been laid off at Servada. Literally, it was sort of, I was still a little bit in shock. But yet this happened, which means so much to me. You know, there's focusing on your day job and then there's other things that you're involved with, with that also enrich your life and bring you happiness. And WIRE is one of those things for me. And so it was just the right news at the right time. 
And I will say that, you know, Wire right now and being on the board during this time is very thought provoking, right? Like we as a board focus, our, our sole goal of Wire is to help lift women up in the research industry and help them get to the C-level. You know, we've been focused on um, inclusion and diversity for several years, but I will say now more than ever, the board is and the team is working to shine a light on diversity and inclusion. And I do want to mention Marion Elliott. Marion is leading our effort around wire in color to really focus and shine a light on diversity and inclusion for WIRE and helping women of color who are on the C-track get to the C-level as well. So important to our charter always and important that we're uplifting women everywhere in our industry. But she is a leader in helping the organization of WIRE shine a light on diversity right now. That's great. I mean, look, I don't have the statistics um, but to, from where I sit, it seems like that organization is making a lot of progress. And it's, I, I understand that it's never done. You know, for decades to come, we'll be continuing to make progress. But do you feel that a significant progress is being made like I do? I do. Certainly in my career, I have felt that I've had advantages that my mom's generation, my grandma's generation maybe didn't have. And that comes from mentorship. And I would say for me myself, I've had a lot of great men mentors. I've also had women mentors, but most most of my mentors have been men who have helped me navigate my career and think about things to help me get to that next level. And I wish there were more female mentors when I was younger in my career. And so that's a responsibility to, you know, create the world that you want to be in. And so being a part of WIRE, it's, that's part of why it's so important to me is that a younger generation has mentorship and has examples of female leaders that I didn't necessarily have um, in the earliest stages when I was coming up in my career. That's great. Well, well said, really. Talk a little bit about success. What's success to you? Wow. That's a deep question, Meryl. Um, Well, gosh, you know, everyone measures success differently, right? And I would not be honest if I didn't feel like financial rewards were a part of of that. I think in our country, in our culture. Living in Sausalito, that has to be the top of the list, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, I I signed up for that pressure cooker of uh, living in Northern California. Um, And yeah, well, there are practical realities to places where you live, right? Um, And I, but I can also say that you can live simply and do yoga and mountain bike and, you know, take advantage of the outdoors. But for me, I think success is about a sense of accomplishment. It's, you know, taking pride in your work. I will always tell people that it's about enjoying every hour of your day because we spend so much time at work. I really truly enjoy being at work and the people that I work with. And so I would say success to me is really enjoying the way you spend your time. And there's a lot of different careers out there. And there's a lot of people that aren't necessarily happy or fulfilled in their careers. And so if you can find that, it's a blessing. And for me, it's about market research and solving creative business problems and using data to do that, using technology to do that, using people to do that. I feel very successful 
and and it's about a feeling and i think it's probably an unattainable thing to make it a money thing because there's always somebody with more money and you know i live in silicon valley like i'm surrounded by these silicon valley millionaires right it, i could spend a lot of time being really unhappy not being you know a billionaire f- um, from one of these tech companies right that it's not about that for me it's about enjoying contributing, serving, and you know, feeling happy and fulfilled at the end of every day. That's great. Well said. So we're going to end with this, with this question, which is you do hope help so many people. And I know your day to some extent isn't fulfilled unless you do help somewhere along the way, whether it's a stranger in the insights industry that might want some advice, somebody you worked with that's, you know, wants to touch base and give a little direction to. What do you say to somebody who's listening to the podcast, who is struggling, who has been laid off, who has been furloughed, who may have to change their direction, maybe take a little less salary moving forward and doesn't know what the future would bring. How do you, what do you say to that person? Well, I would say take responsibility for the person who you want to be. And then think about, you know, try to navigate that course and I, I will also say I'm in the middle of a, um, a beta program for a company called uh, the Narrative Playbook. And each one of us is a brand. Cultivating who you're, uh, what you're about and what your brand is, is just really important to business these days. And, you know, your brand changes over time. I am not the same person I was a year ago. And so I'm trying to be very thoughtful about articulating the story of the person who I am today. And for many, many people who have lost their jobs, look, you're not the same person you were a year ago. None of us are. So what's the learning? What's the growth? And how can you propel yourself forward and be really clear about what is your narrative? How do you articulate that story to people so that you do make choices and we all make choices, right? We and take personal responsibility for the person who you are today, the person you want to be next year, and what steps are you taking to get yourself there? Well said. Well, I'll tell you what, Dinah, we do all make choices. And you were my choice to have you be one of the 56 podcasts that we're doing this today. And let me tell you, that was the right choice. Dinah, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Thanks again for listening. This is the On The Mark Podcast. My name is Meryl Dubrow and have a great day.